Hello everybody and welcome in the early morning a.m. I've been out sipping my java right here getting ready for the new day and every day is a new day. Isn't that great? We can start all over and begin again and again in ministry and life and family and keep our hopes up. We're going to keep our joy because our joy can be in the Lord and in his power with a mega view of eternity, with a mega view of his comfort with a mega mega view of his presence and his power and his word that's amazing the bible says that the bible is alive and active it's not just some dusty dry book it's not just some legalistic hierarchical map or control of society in a governing system i mean that's what we're teaching that's what we're about trying to defrag that because <laughs> all that brings is accusation lack of harmony division and self-seeking you know in ministry so we're four people all kinds even in the systems the legalistic systems but we're out of the systems we had to get out of the systems because what i must be a rare breed but i breed i whatever i do this spirit of legalism patriarchism matriarchism pursues just like the pharisees did jesus it accuses it will not speak it will not dialogue it will not get to know me it will not respect me and this is a spirit we're trying to really you know defrag in the ministry for many people because it's a boasting spirit it's proud it's really superior and it also affects many people of other lesser you know disadvantaged people african-americans white that are not exactly their kind and i determined it's really we centric colonial in its origins maybe came over on the mayflower of the puritans it has an ought against women real women too so i don't want to talk on that this morning but that's a preview because in this year when i prayed about 2021 and i said lord what do you want me to teach on on the focuses and he said teach ministry defragging the law why because it defrags accusation our goal is to not populate hell but to populate heaven and i think how can a christian a born-again minister preacher of the good news be a fault finder an accuser a sly devious character assassinating snake i don't know so all of 2021 we're getting ready for 2022 that's the call so i'm approaching i know the lord you know in the ministry we're going to try to go to teach the christian any other faith lack of belief other form of government you're welcome to tune in but i'm going to teach the truth and then you can weed it out i'm also going to be diverse we teach diverse ministry trying to get rid of the critical respecter of persons you know if you have a respecter of person's spirit it's religious silly spirit what it does it is a true spirit from the pit not god god is respecter and lover of all no matter how strange no matter how love you know how tall how short whatever what we want is to defrag now there are different approaches in our ministry i'm going to teach against phariseeism legalism accusation versus the messiah of isaiah 11 2 and 3 the christ the foretold christ who would not judge by the sight of his eyes he was not an accuser he remembered it he resembled his father in the garden with adam genesis 3 the snake 
the devil himself, Lucifer, from the pit, he is the accuser. So our ministry, our Christian walk, our talk at home, in the office, in the life should not resemble the snake, the devious snake, cunning snake in the garden of accusation, but it should resemble the father of confrontation, respectful, upfront, to the point, correction of doctrine and wrong thinking, if that is, when that is your business, all right? So Adam in the garden, when he chose, and Eve was deceived, but God respected Adam, his firstborn, whom he told prior to Eve being formed, don't eat that tree. So when Eve was deceived, God didn't go to Eve. He went to Adam, and he, like a great parent, our great God, like a great Christian, all right, the father, he went to confront Adam, but he didn't lambast him or accuse him. He didn't go to Eve. He didn't say, Adam, why did you do that? You sinned like a Pharisee. <laughs> Instead, he said, Adam, where are you? Waiting for Adam, giving that hang time. Adam, are you going to rise up, man up, human up, and be accountable and tell me what happened on your watch or not? And Adam didn't do that. So there are a lot of games playing hopeless games playing in Phariseeism, and we're trying to teach us out of it. So we don't have to include that in our healthy doctrines. So there's many approaches. One of the approaches is to teach against accusation versus the Messiah. The Messiah in Isaiah 11, 2 and 3, it says he was not an accuser or boaster. He wasn't the lovers of himself, which would be a Second Timothy 3, 1 through 5 from such turn away ministry. But instead, he had all of God's seven spirits packed in there in an humble servant leader. Not a high, self-righteous potentate, but an humble servant leader. So there he was, and it said, with all that power imbued, Holy Spirit, Book of Acts power in one form, human form, that he still delighted himself in the fear of the Lord. He was sharp of discerning, but... Yet, he would not judge, accuser, judge, or condemn. He would not judge by the sight of his eyes, nor make decisions based on what he heard. He wouldn't believe the rumors, the evil report, or tolerate gossip. He wasn't a misogynist. He respected his mother Mary. All right, so, when we get to that part, we defrag who the nature of Christ and his father are, from Adam on down. Second, we go to... Legalism, Phariseeism, which is accusation. So I'll go to the tribe of Levi, the roots, the injustice, the grievous things that went on there and how it trickles down. I'll go to Job 41. Leviathan has the word Levi in it. We go through and trace this critical spirit in under the law ministry, misogynist, disrespect of certain kinds, pet peeves of this ministry because it is unjust it doesn't relate it will not relate it will not confront it will not be respectful to certain kinds it's a dis it's a de devil's devilish spirit the other way of defragging the law is to know about christ know more about christ as the prophet as the apostle the office prophet of the work of the christian ministry all right we go to hebrews 1 1 and 2 we go to revelation 19 10 that the spirit of prophecy is the testimony of jesus how was jesus in his nature how was he you read about jesus in his relationships when he was alive on earth that's my abiding relationship 317 uh relationship theology 
RelationshipTheology.org, Abiding James 3.17, Relationship for Ministry Family. It avoids accusation and division. All right, that's what God gave me. So you teach instead of the law. This is a preview, and we're having Teammate University, TeammateU.com, also out of this. All right, we're teaching instead of critical nature. We're teaching upfront relationship. We're teaching respectful James 3.17 fruit in relationships, hoping this will spread to our whole Christian community. Then it will be like the Ephesians 4 community, diverse, equal opportunity, respectful to everybody, not judgmental, not critical, not jumping people in public. It will be a natural, winning, winsome Christian community, which is transformed and then affects society, men and women. All right, another way of defragging, you read Jesus Christ and his relationships when he was alive in ministry, in personal life, with his family, his mother Mary, his siblings, with the law. All right, the Pharisees, his nemesis. So you read it, and then that's the Gospels, the good news, which is Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. So you read that, start all over, and we just say, how did Jesus act and react every single relationship and that's all we have to do all we need to do is start to learn how to act and react not compromise this is not pc this is not playing games this is not toying around with people's minds or their affections this is about the love of god the love of god and the true representation of ministry and christian christian christ following by the book the new testament book not the old pharisee law which criticizes. All right, so we talk against, you know, about all these, define them, and then from our abiding relationship theology, we'll also go into the mysteries of God. That's where I am right now. The surprising, you know, if you're back under this great tradition, the Bible teaches, the ministry says itself in the New Testament that many peoples, that the Lord is blocked by the traditions of men. The human men can set up their camp, they set up their favorite ways of doing things, their doctrine, their traditions in the Christian community, be it very good or very old, and it can turn out to be a hindrance, a block to the new move. So we want to make sure we're not in the old move in our old thinking, our old wineskin. Many times it's a whiny wineskin, a wine, W-H-I-N-E skin. All right, so the way we look at the traditions of men, the Christian traditions of men, they're huge. It could be the ones from the last 20 years, the last 20, 30 years of that move. There's a move about 30 years old. And I was there prior at its start now. And we are thinking, I don't think that old move. I'm not of that old move. I'm a, I was, so many wonderful people have touched me and imparted I honor the good things, the fragments of that old move. But now it's set up camp and it's turned into a sin-spying, witch-watching, uh, governing, c- controlling, fault-finding system. And I see it in America, not just one place. This is, and I'm not accusing, I'm telling you to confront and reprove and to reform. I'm a reformer. This is a reformer ministry. When I looked up reproving, which is part of 3 John 2, 16 through 17. At the end of the chapter about 2 Timothy, 
three sixteen through 17 where they reprove correct using doctrine and instruct so that the man and woman human of god can be thoroughly furnished that is at the end of the same chapter of the friendly fire fellowship second timothy two second timothy three one through five from such turn away fellowship amazing maybe because they are back under the law self-satisfied sitting on their own traditions ensconced in their doctrine <laughs> and hierarchical mania <laughs> so so we come against not the people we're not against you any of you all of you we're against false teaching which produces accusation in ministry pharisaism you can't get along with anybody you got your own high, uh, high horse that is not it's more like a cult following it's more like a, a let's worship the person i'm for apollos i'm for paul it's more like a saul spirit on a david the newest david on the block the new david ministries male or female black white or brown so i'm teaching up front because they're that hard hearted they're really gotten tough and i didn't know how tough you had to be to be in this ministry until i was around this kind of critical whelp spirit i mean these are in our nation they will not confront they do not want to relate they want to own <laughs> and so it is a jezebel spirit and after i've been called jezebel by this only one kind that spirit without being talked to related to ever up front confronted ever asked about my theology which i have a different theology it turns out and I'm so respectful. I sit there in James 3.17 form. That's why I teach on it. It's defensive. They're so critical. So anyway, and and they're poor me. It's like, oh, you know, don't listen to anyone with a different opinion. You know, they're they're just complainers. They're they're fault finders. They're 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 you know picking on us. You know, we're it's a whiny spirit, you know. So anyway, and it goes to I think a lot of this critical Levitical phariseeism like jesus day it goes back to money the love of money the root is the love of money so i'm like here to just say well i'm exposing not them not to hurt them but to say let's work on our doctrine who are we kidding this is not the day to be famous this is the day to be jesus famous but in the right way a non-critical non-legalistic way so all of 2021 that's my goal to teach it from every you know as god allows me grace to think it to really come up with how do we defrag doctrine get people to self-examine their own heart and their own doctrine is it true or not who they sit under what are they teaching the kids what's jesus christ all about who is he really and what is ministry supposed to be why do we fellowship with the saints all right i'd rather be peaceful outside the religious religious rock-throwing governing systems of legalism critical spirits and be like with all the others who are not going to church now i go to church i go to church and i grow the church but i don't go anywhere now that they're going to be not confronting but criticizing gossiping i don't go anywhere where i know that i have that I, the accuser is there if the accuser is there in fault finding phariseeism i leave that's all i do it is a spiritual enemy of attending fellowshipping with the saints so that's why i teach we're teaching to make people think why are people not going to church law what are the children there's no church in the future unless we 
correct some of this accusation. Sinister dark. And the other part is, as I've written on TCL Leader, the maven of apostolic theology, tclleader.com, teammateu.com. If you look, I went to Jerusalem during it long years ago, and I went getting ready. Oh, I can't wait to see where Jesus was baptized. I can't wait to see where, you know, he was born. I can't see where, wait to see where he was crucified. I can't wait to see all this. I pictured natural ground. When I went there, on the, they were paved over with dark Byzantine mosques. There are Byzantine churches over there with incense. It was just so disturbing. And I picture it like today, a lot of today. The Holy Spirit wells have now been captured and are governed over with law, false teaching, accusation, and Phariseeism, and a critical elite Roman patrician aristocracy and I'm not going to I can't I'm not going to be there it is when you take and you say you own any part of God you're you're false you're you're presumptive you're arrogant and I could talk to anybody that is a normal natural person who's made mistakes in their doctrine like I would make mistakes in their doc my doctrine and I would say, if I'm a Pharisee, let me know. In James 3.17, fruit, of course. But I'll, I would not break my relationship with a brother or sister in Christ who are true and really just didn't know. But right now, there are too many that are hard-headed. It is the hard-headed who have been the nemesis of my life. Hard-headed people. See, my dad was a pastor. He wasn't black, but he got along well with them. <laughs> he wasn't biased. He wasn't under the law, critical Levitical. He wasn't a hard head. I I don't remember hard heads in, in my family. They were strong-willed persons, but they were reasonable Christians. So therefore, I have great, before all these moves, before the patriarchal moves took over the wells of the doctrines, got their fan clubs, got their, you know, camp set up now that it's exclusive too exclusive. It's not a real fellowship. See, this is it. I love, I'm sent to teach prophecy, to win the lost, to make Jesus appear to people, you know, like give them revelation and to make them enjoy knowing the Lord, not being put down, fault finding. So I'm sent to the Holy Spirit realm. But if I want to go and take off from the ministry God has given me, which I love to do, because I love to see the diverse kinds of ministers, I can't go. I really can't go because <laughs> that spirit has taken over. <laughs> the spirit of Jezebel. So I say, because I was called it, but accused, and I've written Ode to Whelp at the top of, at the top of onlinefellowship.us, that is what I and many others, if I've seen things three times or more, the Lord said, teach on it. That's what I'm teaching so actively because it's everywhere. He says, if you see it three times, something that hurts my name or hurts people, you train on it because this is what the Lord said, because I'm seeing it a lot more than you are. I'm showing you as a prophet, a true prophet, not as a 
person. Don't take it personally. So I've had to work on that, and I've gotten really good at it. <laughs> I can forgive and forget, but how can you forget if it comes back if you just want to go worship with good, deep, prophetic worship? That's the issue. It is a spirit that has got to be delivered. When I had a pastor that was a mentor, it's shepherding. It's really controlling shepherding. I call it WELP, Western European Levitical Patriarchism, because it is only in that basic kind of group, subgroup. So when I had a minister who was like a mentor in TV decades ago, he said, Tevo, he was a demon caster, <laughs> and I wasn't. You know, I just, that's not my feel, basically, it wasn't. He says, Tevo, <clears throat> never get scared, never get afraid if a demon, when a demon starts to manifest. I said, wow. Why? He said, it's just a sign it's ready to come out. That changed my life. So when this happened, when I walk in and I'm looking for my Holy Spirit, looking to be with the Lord, looking for fellowshipping with the saints, like all should, Hebrews 10.25, just obeying the Lord, wanting to do it, wanting to do it voluntarily. I don't have to, but I love to. I go in there just to take off from my ministry. And that thing finds me. I've walked in and had people send their witch watchers over to me. I've had, that was Texas. I couldn't believe, I've been jumped. I've been accused. It's been a, it is a fault, but it is a trigger. I trigger. So I just took it as the pastor, that pastor told me. He, I said, when I walk in, if that, if it's there, that spirit, unpleasant spirit, aggressive spirit, I don't do a thing. It comes after me. If I am there and it manifests, it's just a sign of my deliverance ministry. It's just a sign that I'm taking as a sign. It's ready to come out. So I'm a deliverance minister, deliverance pastor. I have a Christian ministry deliverance movement. How? By teaching, by praying, by advanced learning past their own theory and doctrines. All right? We're trying to get a higher plane of fellowshipping with the saints back again. You know, I can go back. We need to go back to Billy Graham. Right when, before these moves started, all these amazing moves and some are off moves and quirky moves. But we need to go back and review Billy Graham. Because that is the holy fear of the Lord and the true, heavenly, divine, eternal perspective that we are lacking basically in most ministries so you get out billy graham on youtube and look at three two or three of his teachings notice his demeanor his somberness his message his clear message and the reaction of the people what was god using and what does he want to use you don't have to be billy graham you pick and choose what you feel is a hero role model from that male or female and remember to revere the holy fear of the Lord and revere and respect humanity, the common folk, not the choice, elite, gifted seers, the snobbish club, but instead you are the real deal. So we're out of that. We've had to get, escape the religious systems. There are too many, and I never knew they existed at such great levels. And when I'm in a... Because the DFW was my big learning curve, the grow-up time, I didn't realize I wasn't mean enough. 
I have not been mean enough to be in ministry that can stand their, <laughs> that can take their accusation unless I get stronger. And so when you get all these devils from your own Christian ministry friends, your brothers, that disrespect the mothers, oh my stars, you just research their doctrine. That's all. You forgive them. But you think, I'm going to research, and then I'm going to, if I'm being racially stereotyped by white people, I'm going to profile them back. And that's how I got, well, frankly, in 1998 down in Charlotte. But do I demean them? No. Would I gossip about them? No. I'm bold enough and loving enough to tell them what I think with doctrines to their face. And I dialogue because I love them. I like them. But I'm not going to have character assassination subterfuge, mind games, emotional intrigue, which is wearying, wearying and so vastly false and immature. All right. So then I think, let's go, if they're always talking, these groups, male groups, really mostly all male groups, if they're all talking about the Jezebel spirit all around America, charismatics, I'm going to research Jezebel to see if I am one. And I researched Jezebel's both passages uh, and it helped me I'm not one they are because <laughs> I'm not a controller I'm just working not to be controlled by that dominated then I research the accuser which is in the gender of a male but do I call everybody a, a, who's a male an accuser no therefore they should not call everyone who's a woman a certain type of woman leader woman a Jezebel it is just the devil doing this all right it's not right so I looked, and this is the turning point, and i got to close. I deal with humans' ministry. I deal with the apostolic ministry. That means foundational levels, key teaching that builds a church. And the people, I want to help the church. Grow your churches. Grow the eternal family. Grow it not all white. Not all solid white in your leadership. Cross the political boundaries. Get in with the Holy Spirit. And let's love and be a diverse community. That's it. So then I think, uh, man, let me look at Church of Thyatira. Here is the major, one of the two, only two Jezebel teachings, which is so aberrant, so not like the real meaning it's taught in the fields, the country, all wise fields, all white country <laughs> raised or mentored by under the all white traditional fields in this. Oh, the sun is rising. And that's literally and figuratively. <laughs> it's in my eye. But um, so when I got out, I discovered in 1998, because I was being controlled, dominated, and it was not fun. And the Lord had me understand the church of Thyatira and revelation two, i believe and that letter addressed to the lampstand leader the senior office pastor apostle over the church one of the churches the leader and it said why do you tolerate that jezebel he said it to the leader he said it to the christian leader why are you tolerating that false dominating teacher must be imposing because he was afraid to confront her he was weak and her name it was a her and her name was jezebel of course everybody fans the flame all the misogynists all the patriarchs all the people who the whelp 
it's all the women. Let's watch out for the women. Let's watch out. The white women. The black ones, they'll give a pat. You know, African-American women's. I, I really noticed there is a difference. They're afraid of being accused to be of racist. So they'll give you a pass most of the time. Unless you're really out there. And you're, I haven't met many people that are out there all respectful. But I thought, I believe that the white misogynist occult cults that have a distaste for certain kinds of females. Go back to the patriarchs with the witch trials, the spectral evidence, which I've stated before, I'll teach again. But it also goes back to women hating or their mom. Maybe they didn't like women or their mother was a controller or their boss or somebody broke their heart. Some lady broke their heart and they've never forgiven. There's an ought against women and it is in this movement. <laughs> also, it's an unclean spirit. Maybe they've done a lot of, you know what, uh, monkey around before they were saved, during their save. That's all I know because I have a lot of teaching. I can give you scripture such as when Jesus Christ was sitting there and the Pharisees, all men, gathered and threw this woman down, the lady they caught in adultery. They wanted to see what Jesus would do because they were ready to stone her. They get their joy out of that. Their critical, critical me nature is like that. So Jesus paused. He listened for his father what to say. And he looked at the group of men, a cluster of men, and he said to them, Which one of you have never sinned? You cast the first stone. And it is my opinion submitted to you that within a group of men like that, at least one or many had committed adultery, lust, or and or fornication. And they knew it. And that hit them like a lightning bolt, and they left. I also point out that it's symbolic of the, the witch trials, and it's symbolic of the Pharisees with Jesus and that woman. They only bring and go after the female. Where was the man caught in adultery? Why didn't they bring? Because it's a good old boy system. It is a good old boy unclean system in that root. Not all of their teaching that critical fault-finding Jezebel seeking. All right, let's go back to Church of Thyatira. Church of Thyatira says, man, they were all men at that time. Lampstand head founder why are you tolerating that jezebel why haven't you gone over and i'll add in some scripture matthew 18 15 matthew uh, galatians 1 6 humbly confront why have you not why have you tolerated her and not confronted her and set her down that's the leadership of today that's the leadership we need to encourage to be this way against false teaching false doctrine false people and not accuse them, but to upfront confront them and set them down and address them and confront false doctrine, which I'm doing. When I have been aggressed, repeatedly aggressed, and really resist, I mean, you could tell because I'm a prophet. When I've had such warfare like Alexander the coppersmith and just for showing up, I mean, literally showing up, I spook well, I really do. And I learned, I thought, not offended, but I'm thinking, wow, I'm analyzing who it's the same group around America. They have this spirit. It's unclean. It's demeaning. It's devaluing. It is obsessive and it is avoidant. It will not be held accountable. So therefore it is a 
controlling spirit and it is a dominating spirit therefore i can deduce from my bible and my logic that it is a jezebel spirit that needs to be confronted so i i mature i'll upfront confront you i'll love you enough to tell you the truth faithful are the wounds of a friend second timothy that was proverbs but second timothy three sixteen through seventeen that doctrine is for instruction correction and reproof to make sure that the man and woman of god are thoroughly furnished amazing so do i go into in an african-american ministry that's predominantly african-american and feel the spirit never they have been some of my most you know they they perceive me accurately they're not biased against my kind because I have energy and might. See, I have, I have might and power, and I've had to have it. But it, that's part of the Isaiah 11, 2, and 3, the seven spirits of God. Counsel, power, might, fear of the Lord, spirit of the Lord, all that. So when I go into the, to the, the hardy and vigorous, usually mostly vigorous, African-American community, they get me. They're not scared. <laughs> They're, they've been too busy fighting racism, prejudice, being dominated themselves, where they've developed their skill. And they're not easily spooked because they come from hunter-gatherers and princes and African nations. And they've had to develop their skill with the Lord and their strength or so they wouldn't be dominated. They've been persecuted, and so have I. So when we go together... I just think automatically if I get persecuted, if I get demeaned, if I get mistreated, just because I show up as a white female in this earth suit, and I'm very pleasant, easily spoken to, very cordial, very EOR, but my energy triggers this because it is more diverse like an international global spirit. Therefore, I've discerned white people. <laughs> there are white people that don't get me that don't you know and that's okay that is there but i'm teaching you you need educating a lot of you you need educating so if i show up you've got to be better with your discernment of spirits leaders so if i show up when i show up and you have this deer in the headlight stare you know this you seize up <laughs> i told i told this i had had i've had famous ministers famous leaders do this I've had most people that are denominationals never, white people that are denominationals, Baptists never do it. Real Christians never do it. Just normal, natural people without the false teaching, they don't do it. They're loving. <laughs> so I must have been sent. I must have been picked to confront false teaching. Who'd have thought it? I wouldn't have wanted it. But now it's only made me strong. I mean, I enjoy myself. I can leave them and love them still, but from far off. Do I want, does God really want a cult spirit in his ministry? No. Does God really want dominating, controlling Jezebel, Levitical law, a Leviathan spirit? A Leviathan spirit is Job 41. The description of the spirit of pride, superior pride, it's innate. That means it's within our human makeup since the fall. It's in the carnal human nature. But why, as Christian ministries... And persons, why don't we want to dig that out and let God repeatedly humble us and repent from it? Why? This is the crossroads of the ages. This is a new error. It's not going to be the same old error of the mega 
whatever it is, mega cult follower. Now, surely there are going to be some that are going to be doing it, but are they going to be false or true? And that's the bottom line also. I'm going to have to close because i got to get ready to go fellowship with the saints and eat my breakfast. All right, I've been out drinking coffee. Now I get to, I get to go fellowship with the saints. I like to go fellowship with the saints because I like to know what God is doing and I love to be with the saints. That's what I do. But I'm not forced to go and I have my own ministry where we may have our own fellowship with the saints, but that is whenever God, I'm so happy now. I've never been this happy in my life. I mean, I have many natural things that are not that great that I do not want. But you know what? Because of Holy Spirit, knowing the Lord and the Bible, it is God. It is so good. Godly contentment is great game. God is good. So I'm not trying to put anybody down, but I'm trying to provoke one of the definitions of the word reprove, because I had to look it up. I know people think it's critical. It's not like sweet baby Jesus letting us get our own way all the time. Oh no, we want Santa Claus. Oh no, we want to be the supreme potentate over everybody. Poor me. No. One of the words of the definitions of reproof, it means, according to 10 years ago when I did this, and looked up online, it was the Merriam-Webster Dictionary, and it said one of the definitions way down there, it says to tick off, and this is what I'm doing. God has me confronting the Jezebel, the negative accuser in ministry, and to replace it with new thought, new teaching, new doctrine new insight, new wisdom. Let's focus on the mysteries of God, the wonder-working power of God. So I'm going to be closing by recommending a couple of things. One is Matthew 22:29, which is my ministry. Jesus told the accuser Sadducees, the victim Sadducees, he said, you err, not knowing the scriptures or the power of God. That means in the Bible, there is a multitude of foundational core teaching for the church and movements of God. If we want to see this, if we examine both fields and not just be an expert on one, the Bible, or you can get too legalistic. Or the Holy Spirit, if you just only major on one, you can get too flaky, too self-seeking. All right. You want to know both. You want to know more of the Holy Spirit, wonder-working power, book of Acts. That's true, not flaky, not carnal. And you want to investigate it doctrinally. Then you want to know more about the Bible and about how the Word of God is logos and rhema, what is faith, what is not faith, what is foolishness, what is legalism, accusation, and that's what I'm doing. The second one, that would be Matthew twenty-two twenty-nine. All right. The next one would be to leave you with Paul, who is stuck in the middle of the fighting and carnal, backbiting, prejudiced and legalistic, carnal thinking church of Corinth era. He was writing to them and he was trying to make them, in my opinion, think higher than the carnal. I'm for Apollo celebrity and all that stuff the machinations of ministry so therefore paul says second uh first corinthians 2 9 and 10 and this has been my this is one of my core 
values from way back when, when I started to get this wild, <laughs> get this thinking. All right, it says, I, the it is written says, I has not seen, ear has not heard, neither has entered into the heart of any man, any person, those things which the Lord has prepared for those who love him, but those things are revealed by the Spirit, for the Spirit searches all things, yea, even the deep things of God. So get that one out, write it down, and start to renew your mind and grab wrap your faith in that mingle your faith with the word and see if god can expand your vision your heart your mind your brain to take off the grave clothes to take off the oughts and the legalism to take off the should nots that shouldn't be there and to say you know it's not your mama speaking it's the lord so we want you to hear god for yourself as an individual and get some creative anointing get some creative vision get some creative wisdom from the holy spirit and that's what i do so Eyes not seen, Paul said that he had no clue back in the day of what we live in now. He was trying to impart vision and respect for God. So he said, take the blinders off. If God had that in store for us, when we live like a normal every day on our cell phone, broadcasting and doing all this stuff that's so neat, all right, Paul said to them they were stuck in their everyday life you know and all that we don't want to be stuck in witch watching you know it's so corn it's so i don't know limiting <laughs> biased fearful disrespecting cultish <laughs> if you got a witch bind it cast it out not the not them but the there's a person who's controlling Going to the wrong power source. You got to know your turf. Psychic. We're not psychic. We're going to teach prophecy. Hearing from God. That's all it is. Getting a word from the Lord. That's easy. All right. So we want to say today, with all the news on TV that's so horrible, all the facts, if Paul were here, he could still tell us to dwell on things that are positive and pure and holy and good and respectful and think on these things, but he could still say you can still claim for yourself in this day in your ministry that you're not in a prison. This is not a prison. You can go to God and he can reveal to you over time when he wants to, if you're patient, if you hang out there in the process and let him mature you in the fiery furnace, he can reveal what eyes your eyes have never seen. What your ears have never heard of, imaginations, visions, corrections, revelations, inventions, creative ideas, anointing, more of his power. He can tell you things that gives you a whole new approach to life, ministry, Christianity, and it's not back under the law. It's not vanity. You know, the Ecclesiastes Song of Solomon, or Solomon wrote, Ecclesiastes, he said, vanity, vanity, all is vanity. That means no matter what we're doing right now, no matter what we're not doing, no matter what we've done and we thought made our mama proud of us, it's all vanity, really. It's going down the hill when Jesus comes, when we go to heaven. So let's keep our eternal perspective and get our mind off of us. We want to say that there's no limit with the Lord if he tells you to achieve, you achieve. If he doesn't tell you to achieve, you don't achieve, you pray. It is whatever he says to you, do it. 
that is the message that is within a message of the wedding of Cana. How did you get to your miracle? Your miracle, you just do whatever he says, day in, day out. When the time is right, it'll happen. That's all I do. One day in, one day out. God's watching us, how we minister and how we act to that every day. And that's all we want to do is please God. We submit it to the Lord. You know, in the old days when I was first discovering Levitical patriarchism and controlling ministry spirits in the Jezebel watchers. I noticed they sold a lot of books back then on that topic and maybe everybody got hyper about it. I think that's what started in the late in the mid nineties. You know, we all live, we're all growing. Live and learn, forgive them. All right. The idea is that we don't want to be stuck there. And we want higher ground and more positive, powerful thinking, not fear based what do you call it? Paranoid, spiritual paranoia, prophetic paranoia. That's limiting. That's bad. And it affects new visitors. It affects Jesus' holy, safe name in Hebrews 10.25. That's why I'm saying it. It turns out produces not really multicultural, but not very diverse, but friendly fire fellowships of Second Timothy. That's why I'm talking about it. I'm confronting it. So we're looking at our teaching, our theology, and saying, are we really that bad that we're so limited and so negative and so whatever so i'm trying with this i'm submitting that it might be good if we go to the lord again and let him examine our hearts and our doctrine and our teaching and our end goal what is the end product of it is it fault finding is it withstanding is it being uh elite in the preachers or is it being Jesus, who went about doing good as the office prophet and founder of the ministry in Acts 10, 28. That's all. So we just put out some criteria for evaluation. And then we look on our own heart at Job 41 to say, Are, am I superior? You know, when I looked up the word Nicolaitans, the Bible says that the doctrine of the Nicolaitans in Revelation books, the letters to the churches, in two different places, it mentioned that God hates the doctrines of the Nicolaitans. Of course, that got my attention. So I looked up the doctrines. I looked up Nicolaitans. And at one point, I found a book that said Nike. the word Nike, Nico, Nicolaitans is Nike and Laos. Those are the root words. So the root word of Nike, you know, like Nike shoes, it means to control and then laos means the people so they were controlling human doctrines greek west you know greek thinking they were controlling carnal doctrines by humans of to control the people and god hated it and he lambasted he warned the churches of his judgment so we want to make sure that none of us are into a controlling spirit at this hour or controlling it to keep our money safe, our turf guarded. There is a difference between, and there is a big balance. You do have to know who's out there and you do have to know who's your friend and who's not. And there are people that will try to undermine you and do bad things. Yes, harmful things. So there is a balance between using your prophetic seer gift for discernment in a good way. You're assessing the that's the difference. I advise and recommend assessing anybody. 
there could be unclean people. There could be people that are really real witches and whatever. But I think that there's got to be a lot more maturity and mercy and understanding of what we really want, not self-preserving, not self-protecting so it's so combative (laughs) and mean, even mean. You want to be, you want to capture the best from all the good movements. I would say you want to go after the community like the Methodists. Everybody's equal over there. No patricianism. Oh my gosh, I was in Denton and I met my first Methodist. They helped me out and, you know, they were a lifesaver after an attack. And I was with their community and I just celebrated. There was no victim mentality. There was very wanting to be diverse. They were, I'm not saying I agree with all their doctrine, believe me. They need to know their Bible, not their rule book, basically. But their respect, I didn't feel like I was micromanaged. I didn't feel like I was, there's one more woman. There's one more typecast. I never got it. It was like everybody was such a community. The other part I would recommend are Baptists, white and black, brown, that they are so friendly. They are so really respectful. And they really greet a visitor with a smile. They're happy a visitor. They, they're grateful. And so are Catholics. They're meek. Catholics can be very meek and very humble servants. It's amazing. I enjoy the different kinds. I really do. I respect it. Vineyard. I mean, down to earth. That's me. I really like Vineyard a lot. But the point is, nobody's going to have it perfect. Nobody's going to be perfect. Nobody's going to know it all. You don't have to. But you can do your best to resemble Jesus when he walked the earth with Mary, his disciples, all the different kinds of peoples, like in his relationships. If you just read Jesus Christ in his relationships in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, take some time and do it. And see how he acted and reacted in every single one. High or low, children or aristocracy, he never changed. He did it for his father. He was the savior. The sent savior, not the sent accuser. Not the sent self-righteous bigot. No, he was not a misogynist. He was not a prude. He was not a a gossip. So we want to go back and check our hearts and check our minds and our mentalities and our legalism and read through Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John and see his reactions and actions in every relationship. That's it. You know, when the, in my studies, I discovered from a scholar that when the Edomite priesthood, the warning in Obadiah, the Edomite priesthood was infiltrating God's people and his leadership. The Edomite priesthood in Obadiah really means the descendants of Saul who were coming in that were carnal and they were in it for the money. And then my theory is that when the God was warning, even in Malachi, the priests, and it had to do with money, that when the 400 silent years happened between the Old Testament and the New, my theory is that God was allowing the priesthood to fester. Uh, what would it do? Who's God? Wh- who would they serve? So when they come out on the other side, the the historian, the researcher I found, said that the people who are now in the Pharisees that were the government of the system that attacked Jesus, his nightmare, 
the Hebrew system, they were mostly Edomites. Now, they had an exception, John the Baptist's father, Zacharias, there was some remnant, always a remnant. But that the Pharisees, the people who came out in the priesthood, the elders of God's nation at that time, the legalists, they were all, they were all, um, oh, what is the name? The inherit, they were Edomites. And so was, they were hirelings. It was the hireling priesthood. And even Herod, who slaughtered the babies, was an Edomite. Did you know that? So when I looked at what I was seeing about 10 years ago, eight years ago, before I moved up here, and I saw what I saw was Babylonian ministry. I couldn't help it. Systems and legalism and Eli High Priesthood, First Samuel. I won't go into that. It's too much for me. Prior to Ichabod, the Eli High Priesthood, they couldn't discern a weeping Hannah, a grieving person from a harlot. Because they were so used to harlots, I guess. And they'd been dull of discerning. So when I would go in as a test case then I would get this red flag, like, whoa, what's in there? What are they thinking? They won't speak to me. How would they know? You know? So God uses me for the everyday person, the common person. That's all I am. And that's all I need to be right now. All I want to be is that. For the sake of the Christian ministry and body of Christ and Jesus, really for his sake and eternity. How are we going to want people? We're going to make people think Jesus hates them, that they're the enemy. That's how I feel. When I'm with that spirit, it's like they think I'm their enemy. They choose to judge me and never relate and speak with me. Dialogue, they won't. They're too proud. Arrogant. Those are the ones before the fall. Those are the ones that, when you look at Eli in 1 Samuel that triggered Ichabod, their death. Some of their death. All right. It said they used women, the women, they slept with the women that came to the church. And they made Jesus, and they commandeered and pressured people for their offering. So much that it made the people in the whole area despise the offering of the Lord. They were not loving. They were office sent. They were chosen, but they were failing. And this is what is why I'm so sober and why I speak like this and on this so candidly. Because you got to shake them up and wake them up before it's too late. And for our nation's sake, you can see what's going on with this going on in our nation. It's right. This is how bad it is. The church has fallen, has gotten into its mega self-importance, whether they're little or big. They're into their mega self-importance all about me. And it's not... And it's a pain to see this when you know the difference and you can understand Billy Graham. The denominationals are better. Oh, so much nicer. So much, so much loving and receiving. I'm thankful for you, Don. I've never been so happy that I came from a Baptist minister. <laughs> I'm not a Baptist, but I remember the quality of the equal opportunity, real respect and servant leaderhood and helping people. They do have, have you know, and I'm thankful for the diverse people that I meet all the time. God is good. We're not under the law. His mercy endures every morning. And we can start all over. And I have. And I am. Again, I'm always open to starting all over any time. But I got to go because I want to eat my breakfast. And I want to go fellowship with the saints and not be late. God bless you.